Hello and welcome to the Process Over Profit podcast. My name is Jack Fleming, a business, marketing, and entrepreneurship podcast. Uh, I want to cover everything because I feel like I do everything. Uh, we're here today with Adam Gutadoro. Very close. Gutadoro. Few few more letters, but it's I'm a gonna, complicated I'm gonna, one. I'm going to stop trying to pronounce people's last names. I'm like 0 for 3. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to stop doing that. But welcome um, again, everyone, this podcast is brought to you by Entra, a professional network built for entrepreneurs, investors, creators, and freelancers. You can easily create content, grow your network, and meet new like-minded people in live rooms and events on the app. All listeners can sign up for free and also get upgraded to Entra Pro, which gives you access to over 50,000 in deals and discounts with over 100 partners. Uh, once you go to Entra, join Entra.com. Go to entra.link backslash Jack and get upgrade to Entra Pro and make sure to connect with me on there at Jack Does Marketing. So Adam, we met um, on Facebook, right? So we're, I was trying to grow the, um, I guess, young entrepreneurship community here in Wilmington, trying to make a, because really you can't find many of us around here, let's be honest. Like we're just, we're working hard and we're just, don't really communicate with each other I guess as much as we could and I felt like I was the only one going to events and so we connected on Facebook because uh, I wanted to create a, a community for young entrepreneurs in Wilmington yeah yeah there's definitely like the entrepreneur system is here and the young entrepreneurs are all here but they don't we don't really connect like you were saying like there could be some people who do exactly what you're looking for and then you have no idea they exist because no one's reaching out to anybody there's no centralized database so definitely that's something that needs to change in the future especially as this place gets bigger and bigger i feel like it grows every day as far as business goes so yeah it was definitely definitely something that's uh gonna be changed hopefully soon yeah 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 um why don't you let us know sort of what you do we do the same exact thing basically <laughs> that's sort of why we're uh, i guess good friends now um but you do i guess mainly web design right yeah so i focus more on the back end so i have digital marketing through my company 4624 creative we do uh sem so search engine marketing search engine optimization social media management and then we also do a lot of web design um and coding and building up all that kind of stuff so it's a lot of the back end stuff in the digital marketing realm uh, as opposed to like the content marketing and all that Mm -hmm. Which is more, I guess, sort of where I'm going. I'm getting more and more people wanting uh, TikToks and Reels and these vertical videos. And so I might just honestly just, I'll see another company and just start doing that. It sort of seems like where people are going. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah, honestly. Sure. It's, a, it's really interesting to see, but it is a, as we know in marketing, it's a culmination and a combination of all of these to do successful marketing right because there's so many variables that go into play when it comes to somebody going to your social media account or website um to actually then getting that sell um we're, get, we're getting all the leads in the marketing qualified leads and then we're pushing them down to sales but uh there's so many variables that go into play Right. That's kind of the thing too. It's like, you can be, you know, very good at one part of marketing and this gets back to the entrepreneurs and like Wilmington and the area really need to connect to each other because I could be, you know, very good at Google and like a search engine optimization and everything. But if I need somebody to go get a drone video, I'm calling you because that's just, that's not my expertise. And so if you build mm -hmm. these ecosystems and you build these networks, especially in an industry that has, you have to have so many services offered, 
you tend to be more successful than just putting yourself on an island or isolating yourself. Mm-hmm. And and I've been debating that too. I mean, I brought it up in other uh, podcasts with other creators I've had on, but uh, when you're building a business, you know, I, I I almost want to like hang on to my my creative side, and I feel like I well, I do everything. I I literally do full service digital marketing, which might be too much. Um, it might be better I just focus on doing video work and then I outsource everything else. But then also I'm like, hey, I don't want to dilute my brand. I want I want to have a full service company, um, but and I don't want to. Ha- I want people to come meet to me for everything, uh, and not need to you know go to other people. But that's just me being selfish, honestly. <laughs> but it is it is a battle I think a lot of people face sometimes when, when, when building companies. Yeah, I think that there you know there's obviously a place for doing your everything yourself, right? And I think that that comes down to the scale of your company. So if you have a business that's a very large, you know, large spread across business, um, there's, you know, if you can meet somebody who is better than you at something, you're successful because then it's like, okay, now I know somebody who can do this better. I'm going to learn from them. But in the meantime, creating those alliances and creating those partnerships. So you can still have people coming through you, but on your back end of things. And with, I think this is like this with a lot of different industries, but having that back end of people to say, okay, this person can do this. I'm going to loop them in on this project because I think that they can do this better because then that in turn helps, you know, your personal brand as well. The satisfied client is the one who's going to refer you to different places and everything like that. Yeah. So the grass background, it's in your, in your room, right? (laughs) Yes. Cool. Yes. How, how did? Why do you want to set that up? Is you, so, you just want a background for for certain things, or, or? yeah, on my uh, on my company Instagram at you have it right down there. We're at four six two four creative. I film and upload marketing tips, digital marketing tips every week. Um, I probably do between three and five every single week, just different things to help people. If someone's going to do something themselves, right? And this comes from me, you know, I've been at it for a long time, a lot of different things. And I wish that there was a resource for me to go to and have people have who have knowledge in these spaces give me information like this for free. Uh, and so I started just producing these videos and I'm producing them every week and I'm uploading them. Um, feedback has been good. And so, yeah, that's just, you know, that's the studio where it all happens at. You know, you can do anything with nothing. So just putting up these walls. And so that's a whole different set over there. And if you go over to my Instagram, you'll see the videos in front of it. But um, that's definitely something that stay at it. But just wanted something, you know, a nice color to do it in front of. Maybe I'll change it up uh, next year, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I noticed first off, I'm like, oh, there there it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. But back to back to content, you said you, you want to uh, build content because that's what you wanted to have, I guess, when you were trying to build your company. Um, right. I definitely ingest a lot of content from different people, whether it's um, Gary Vee or, or different podcasts now. Um, where do you think, what's the, I guess, line between somebody wanting to um, listen to content and just content um, for the sake of, I guess, building their internal like knowledge versus actually putting that into play and into action and into business? Well, I mean, I think that all depends on the person, right? Because I can tell you that at 18 years old, if I had read like read a book about business, I probably would have ingested, you know, maybe 10% of it, right? And here I am all these years later, I read that same book and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna see how, and then I visualize and see how I can apply it. 
So I think everybody, everybody who's seeking out that kind of content wants to apply it, but not everybody knows how. Uh, so I think that, you know, that comes in time and that comes with experience, but I think like that line just kind of comes with experience and ability. And so when you know how to do, apply these things, you know how to apply these tips, uh, like these marketing tips that I put out, where if somebody says, okay, I'm going to use this as my social media strategy, or I'm going to do this with my paid ads, because this is a little different than what I'm doing right now and what now isn't working, then that's a successful application right there. Because even if it doesn't work out for you, you still tried it. Um, but that kind of goes for everything too. It's like, if you want something like that and you want to be successful in what you do, you open your mind up to other people's opinions and tips. And I think that's a switch that comes with people because I think we're intrinsically just stubborn um, mm-hmm. to not want to like, you know, take anybody else's advice. But I think like once the switch happens where you can take that advice, that's when that content becomes 10 times more valuable. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good. How How old are you? I just turned 24 yesterday. Okay, cool. Oh, happy belated yeah. birthday. Thank you. Um, but I guess, again, going back to the whole uh, young entrepreneurship thing, while in school, I feel like we, you know, you have a lot of really good tools at hand and, you know, people use them, people don't use them. Uh, there's a battle between that alone. But then once people leave school, um, I feel like people sort of just want to, like, go as far away from school as possible again, maybe. Uh, or, or I guess if you're like me, you just want to jump into the work world and start working. Um, but why do you think it's so hard for uh, young entrepreneurs off the bat starting a business or maybe even like jumping into a job? Um, why do you think it's difficult or, or, or I guess difficult, I guess it, I mean, I guess it's, it could be easy for some people, you know, if you go to a good school, get a good major, you know, you can work for Goldman Sachs right off the bat and, and be set. Uh, but why do you think it could be difficult for people our age right out of college? Well, I think that there's a few reasons. So first, I think like just talking in the entrepreneurship side, I think entrepreneurship is glamorized, right? And so when you get out of college and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. It's going to be madly successful. And then, you know, day one, you get 50 doors slammed in your face trying to get a pitch or get an investment. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't expect this to happen. Um, I think that schools now are doing a better job of preparing students for it, but I don't think the preparation is is really all the way there yet because there's so much that goes into it. It's impossible to prepare for all of it. So I think that's definitely a roadblock. Um, for me, you know, I was, I was lucky with my situation. I like my, I was working and doing my own thing while I was in school, um, as much as possible. So I did a lot of my first year at school, I did music management. Um, for an artist and we were you know we were touring and doing shows all the time so I would go to class two three days a week I have my schedule stacked up and then after that last class I'll fly out somewhere jump on the bus for the shows and then I fly back to school and go to class the next week and so I kind of had an earlier experience with the entrepreneurship side of things but I just think like had I not had that and coming out of school just like you know like everybody else um, there would have been a lot more things that I wasn't prepared for that I'm thankfully prepared for now. So I think it's all in the preparation and it's what you tell people and really just teaching people the nitty gritty of entrepreneurship rather than like, yeah, do this and you'll make $10 million. Like that's just not how, not exactly how it works. So uh, I just think it, yeah, definitely preparation is a big thing. All right, I'm gonna switch routers real quick. It's okay. Cool. Okay. 
we're good now. Maybe. Cool. I, don't know. I, need get, I need to get better Wi-Fi. If y'all want to donate to the podcast, we get better <laughs> Wi-Fi. Or I, I need to figure out this uh, Ethernet situation. Every time I still plug it in from the from the router, it's still like I don't even know if it's better or not. It's just not showing up. It's better, but we're figuring better, it better. Out. <laughs> we're 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 just getting along. We're chugging along over here. Twenty twenty eight episodes. Yeah. Um, we're we're learning things as they go. Yeah. But um. Yeah. So how do you prospect? I guess as a young person, I know a lot of people. I'm getting a lot of people now are like oh we want to hire you because you're young and because you know these things are trending um is that the same with you um what's the comparison between i guess you prospecting someone versus someone who has 20 years of experience doing that um so with me the way i kind of built the business up i was again just very fortunate that you know i didn't build it from the inside out i built from the outside in so just did a lot of traveling um a lot of door knocking and a lot of just getting in front of people and that allowed me to get kind of experience with the whole prospecting thing because I think depending on the kind of marketing business you run, um, especially in the digital space, because there's so many different things, the way you approach people has to be a little different. Like with content marketing, um, proving concepts a lot easier because you can show views, you can show conversions, you can show engagements and all that kind of stuff. But it's very different to show results on like an SEO campaign, as I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm it's you can't really say yeah this is you know this is the number it got this many views because in all reality like your goal is to get something on the first page and something on the first page is oh well what how do i know it didn't start here do this like Um, this podcast it's an seo campaign it's a really long game i'm just transcribing it putting it back into my website right it's seo long game right there (laughs) exactly it's all a long game so i think for me with prospecting the biggest thing has just been going out and you know, using my current relationships for sure, but also making sure that I take every opportunity to build new ones. Um, whether that be, you know, me going somewhere for a week and then every day while I'm away for that week, going to a bunch of different businesses and just introducing myself, dropping off a portfolio. Um, just when I was starting out, I did a lot of free work, um, like zero dollars. I said, okay, the only way I'm going to be a little bit cl- like a client base and a case study and all that is just by going out and doing things for free. And so when you work as hard on those projects as you do on your current projects, things tend to work out. Like my, uh, my mentor told me once that like when you go to the mall and they're handing out the free samples, it's not because, you know, the free samples don't cost them anything. It's because they do. But if one person buys a plate, when you're handing out those free samples, you make enough money to cover all those free samples for the day. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I started off my business. Thankfully now I use digital ads and I'm doing a lot more phone calling. Mm-hmm. But just going out and doing that and uh, building up some kind of proven concept well, as you can has been huge in my prospecting for sure. Hmm. But you're doing door-to-door for marketing stuff, marketing sales? Um, I was just, I was, not as much thing. sales. It was, no, this okay. was this. I was just going out and, you know, um, just dropping out. I have like a flyer. Just mm-hmm. dropping out my flyer and introducing myself. Uh, not really selling anything because... A, no solicitation is something, and mm-hmm. um, B, it's just, it is what, you know, how that goes. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, just going and introducing myself was really the biggest thing, but I would go places for, you know, I would get a Airbnb and I'd be there for three weeks. And I'd say, okay, every day for these three weeks, my goal is to go to X amount of places. It also taught me to get really good at rejection too, mm-hmm. which I think is important in prospecting, as you know. Um, if you take your nose too literally, you'll never get a yes. And so you have to let those no's roll off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I think that, 
you know, going in places and being like, yeah, we're not interested, get out, was something that taught me to say, okay, because this was, you know, five years ago I'm doing this and I'm just starting out and I'm not really like, super experienced, but that all taught me now how to do the sales process um, remotely and not have to go up door knocking because there are different ways to go about it and how to deal with rejections and objections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, you mentioned mentor. How important is it for people? I know UNCW has a great program for that with CEN and different things they put in place. Um, but mentorship, I, uh, I I brought it up before and that sometimes people sell courses online and there's bogus things you can learn for free from content from other uh, people. Um, and then I know a lot of mentors also, you know, want money too. A lot of people do it for a living. Um, what is the, the value you're getting from a mentor as someone who's who's your age? Do you think it's important? What, what are what are your uh, thoughts on that? I think it's important if it's the right relationship. I think that the mentor-mentee relationship should be something that's organic. Um, asking somebody off the cuff to be a mentor, that's you know, a lot of times like you can, you know, they'll want money from you, like you said, or something like that. And for me, um, so a little bit of backstory, my, so how I got started on the music side of things was my high school internship. I was at a recording studio, just kind of doing like busy work. And I met one of the guys there who was an engineer and he was also, like he does, you know, music, marketing and all of that. And he just put me on to not as much the individual like abilities of the business, but how to go about navigating the business landscape. Um, and that relationship, you know, still today, like he's, you know, he's one of my best friends and just because of having that relationship, but it was organic. And that's the thing I think a lot of people miss out on is like, they're so desperate to go DM a hundred business influencers on Instagram. And they're like, yeah, I'll mentor you for a thousand dollars a week or something like that. We're here. If you build organic relationships with people smarter than you, that's something you consider can consider a mentor. I don't think it's necessary to have a mentor in your field. I think it's necessary to have a mentor who you can learn something from. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing it the right way and doing it organically. I almost think people want the higher end mentors too. I mean, for clout, like it'd be sick yeah. to be mentored by Gary Vee. Let's be honest. Yeah, you definitely like they definitely have a lot of experience too. But you know. When business, we're all different individuals, and businesses are different. You know, I'm not, I don't have a a 400 plus person marketing company like he has in New York. Um, I'm not I'm not um, going profitable one year and then taking the next year to not be profitable or just to build brand like he is. Like every business is different. It's not necessarily you need specifically um, these different these different celebrities because they have like, the same experience in the industry that you you want right you can you can use some uh, probably average joe just in your town from organic because it's gonna still carry over because all businesses are different and you're and you're different than all humans are different too yeah and i think like if you want to learn from a gary v or business influencer like that they put so much Mm. free stuff out there and that's kind of like what I'm trying, like what I'm building over here on my end too. It's like, there is so much knowledge out there that if you pieced all those videos that Gary Vee, for example, has put up together, you watch them all, it'd probably take you about 24 hours, but like, he has a whole 24 hour video out there. I, I right. it was like him like eight hours in Dubai alone. Yeah. It's like, but I you learn. I don't know. I watched the whole video <laughs> on Saturday, dude. <laughs> oh boy. 
yeah, like you, but you learn all this stuff. And so it's like, yeah, I want to go get this mentor who would be famous for me like that. But in reality, it's like, there's, there's stuff's out there. Like the game is out there. Go on YouTube, watch interviews with people, um, watch interviews with famous marketing people, all that. And that's kind of how you can go about learning. And then, cause it's important, like the mentor is great, but having a good mentor, I would never say is an excuse for lack of knowledge on your own part. Mm. And that's kind of like a big distinction. I think a lot of people, yeah, everyone makes it, but sometimes it takes a little bit longer where it's like, okay, I have this mentor now, like they're going to teach me everything. Great. I don't mm-hmm. need to like go out and seek out learning on my own anymore. Mm-hmm. When in reality, your mentor is resource. You have a question, but the yeah. substance of the question still has to be brought upon by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so like take the free game and then find somebody who you respect, who's smarter than you is the perfect combination in my opinion. I don't think you have a good mentor too. They'll probably try to propose that to you in, in conversation. They'll probably try to ask you the right questions to where you're thinking on your own. Right. Right, for sure. And I think, so when I was doing my software internship here in Wilmington, that was the first thing that we did is like, he said, okay, here's a pen, here's a paper, come up with a hundred questions about what you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took a little bit, but a hundred weeks, we, I got the hundred questions and then over the 10 week program, he would just like pull up the list randomly and be like, number two, this is the answer. Like, this was my experience. Mm-hmm. And so we filled it all a hundred questions, but like, you know, you have to have something to bring to the table, whether it's wanting to learn more or having a knowledge or a skill that your mentor might not necessarily have. Mm-hmm. And so you have to create that leverage. And so just wanting it and doing the research and putting the work in is a good way to maintain that relationship. And then once the time comes where like you're kind of equals um, in the business field, you can use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I love that. Uh, what? So there's a lot of different web development softwares out there, web development websites out there. Yeah. I use a lot of different, and I brought this up to you. We, we've, we've talked about this too, and I use a lot of different ones because I'm hoping people who want to do e-commerce stores, so I'll use Shopify because I want to transfer it over to them. I want it to be seamless. Um, WordPress, it, it, it's I like it, but it's also like every once in a while it'll give me troubles, and I don't know how to fix those dang troubles, so I just have to like switch over to something easier. Um, like... I was using Elementor the other day and trying to open their theme builder and there wasn't opening. And apparently this is a typical issue. So I had to deactivate all the other pro- plugins and figure that out. I'm like, well, I just can't this just be easy. Um, but then there's now Webflow. There's so many um, website builders out there. Um, what's, what's the best in your opinion? And do you see any I guess new ones that are good coming out in the future. So like based on what you know now and your favorite builder out there, um, do you think they're gonna upgrade that in the future or update it? Or do you think other companies are gonna come out and do basically like a combination of certain things from each? What are your thoughts? So my experience like the platforms and everything, when I first actually got to UNCW, um, I was, you know, a right college kid, just like everybody else. And I wanted to make some extra money. And so I sat in my dorm room and cold called businesses. And I said, okay, I'll build you a Squarespace website for $150. And I did that all throughout Wilmington, just to make some cash. And so I got pretty deep into Squarespace there and I like the features. Um, I think it limit, you're limited in what you can do to an extent because it's so pre-built out as far as mm-hmm. like the custom HTML and all that. Currently, um, I use my developers, we all use WordPress. I think that it allows us the most functionality. 
But with that being said, I think there will always, you know, there will always be a new software coming out to try to beat mm-hmm. the one that's already there. Um, I just think that having new plugins and the ability to like incorporate these new features into an already existing site like WordPress where I'm familiar will keep me on there. Now, mm-hmm. if WordPress completely changes everything up, then I'll probably shop my business elsewhere. But until we get to that point, like it's definitely gonna, I'm probably gonna stick there and just you know hope the new plugins keep on rolling in. It's definitely the most robust because it has the ability to do custom coding, but also it has the ability to use Elementor and these little plugins to make it ridiculously easy. Like Divi and Elementor and that slide revolution and all. It, it just makes it incredibly easy, but on the other end, it can be really hard if, if you know the, the coding language too. Right, and um, that's kind of what I'm trying to learn right now too. I'm trying to dive more into the coding part. I've always had enough of a knowledge where like it's functional, but I really want to try to get into it deeper and more and uh, build out some new stuff that I'm working on. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, definitely like that's why I like WordPress is because you can be a first time web builder or you can be a developer of 20, of 20, 25 years and say, okay, I'm still going to use the same platform because they keep incorporating these new things. But if I ever want to get simple or really complicated, I can still do that here. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Squarespace and Wix, it's on the simpler side of things where it's pretty built out and you can put some custom code and stuff in there too but you can only do so much before it's like mm-hmm. no developer mode not allowed like <laughs> stuff like that so it also comes down to seo too and, and the real the ability for google to crawl certain websites um, apparently it's not good for wix but i, I like right. the ability to uh just freely play certain mock-ups on wix and so that's why i use this because i have a, a mock-up of a computer and a plant one spot and the phone at one spot um, and I'm using parallax and all this different stuff I'm pretty sure you could do that in, in WordPress too it just take me probably a couple years to build that out yeah <laughs> yeah um, Wix is good for like quick like same thing with Squarespace like you know like if you want to build a quick website for your business um, if you're trying to build like an interactive website where it's you know different code and things flashing on the screen and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff probably don't want to steer away from those two but you know I've you know, I've used them both before and they both serve me well. It's just with like cert with the clients now who want these like big in-depth things, they just, they have a little bit more trouble handling them. Mm-hmm. I like, I do like Webflow. Um, and then I've seen people be able to build some really cool slider animation, animations and parallax and all from it. And that you can like slide down and while you saw or the, you're, you're running your mouse around and like there's the, the thing that's moving away from it a cloud or something. Um, I, th- I think having those really engaging parts of websites are cool because it, it keeps people on it for slightly longer and that, that won't help your metrics. Um, but it's also just, I guess that goes even to gamification too. Like thinking of that, like a lot of things are becoming more gamified, um, ordering and, and different, even banking probably. Um, I haven't seen a super gamified banking app yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. Actually, uh, when I used Clio, that was pretty gamified on my on my Facebook Messenger. But uh, yeah, I, websites are becoming more and more gamified with all the tools that are out there that people can just play with on their on their heroes on the heroes and headers. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's kind of going to continue to, especially with people um, being more like jumpy on web pages. I guess probably the best way to put it, where like they want to click on everything. Hmm. So 
if you have something fun to interact with and something that has a lot of different tools and cool stuff to kind of keep people retained, then that's kind of the way to go right now. And so, like you said, that gamification of just adding things and new tools, new features, making the headers look like this, um, that's definitely something that I think is only going to get bigger from here on out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What what's your, what are your favorite websites? Do you have any, then you have any website builds that you like? I, I get emails from um, the, what, the Webby Awards and the <laughs> different, they're like, oh, you, you should nominate yourself. And it's like 25 grand to nominate yourself. I'm like, I'm not going to pay to nominate yeah. myself. Like, so it's stupid. But I mean, I guess if you win, you have that credibility, like, oh, my website's won an award. Um, but do you have any websites that you just like the functionality? You like the, uh, the UI UX, you like the design from four six two four creative.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, nah, yeah, okay. um, <laughs> probably like so I would say my favorites are one ones that encompass multiple brands inside of it. So I like one probably top of my head is Nike. I think mm-hmm. that Nike's website itself, it's you know, you go to the website and you interact with Nike, this big giant brand, but it does an incredible job of making a seamless experience to transition between, you know, Nike and Nike men's shop, Nike women's shop, Nike sports and all of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas some websites, you know, like it'll be a clunky experience, right? It'd be like, Oh, click here for Nike for men or click here for Nike for women. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to like have to go click and open up a new tab to get here. I want to just like slide across the screen and mm-hmm. transition all nice. And I don't want to have to reload. And so I think that's kind of been one that, I've always kind of looked at because they do so much that if they can keep everything under this umbrella as a seamless experience, then I think that, you know, as far as web design goes, that proves to me that like, no matter how big a business gets, it's always manageable to have a good flowing website mm-hmm. um, as long as they can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then too, a lot of these big companies make multiple different landing pages for certain things. So like if it's uh, if they're running a golf ad per se on social media, they're gonna pu- push the people who click on the ad to a uh, landing page that they built that has a golf golfer as a header or Nike Golf. They'll push them to that page. Um, the ability of them to make funnels just based on different w- landing pages and websites they build is pretty is pretty intriguing to watch as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, I think the funnel industry hasn't really tapped into like its full potential yet, as far as just like building them out, but as well as like the execution of them. I think that while it's something that we feel that we've been seeing for so long because but we're in the space a lot of companies haven't really encompassed the fact that like separate landing page for this or separate landing page for an ad of like your ads are going to go here this Mm -hmm. has to look like the ad and all that i think it's still very new to a lot of businesses um Mm -hmm. actually i did a video on this think last week and it was like do you need you know do you need a specialized landing page and really my answer was like it comes down to if you have the ability to have one that looks exactly like your ad and the experience is incredibly seamless. Yes, absolutely use it. But with the new tools today too, like just in the paid advertisement side, if you're running an ad and somebody clicks, you know, call now in the ad and that's your goal to get a phone call from the ad, you don't really need to have a specialized landing page because you're hoping to get that call directly from the ad. Mm-hmm. And so it's like either have it and have it down and have it do really, really well, or use those ad extensions and function it that way. That's the best way to go about it. Um, just from what I've seen. Yeah. Minimizing the fu- minimizing steps that the consumer has to take is huge. Right. Cause nobody wants to do more than they have to do. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on, I know you mentioned Nike and they have a, a ton of products and obviously their websites have, they're not necessarily doing one pagers. 
what are your thoughts on on these big built websites that have multiple pages and or a lot bigger and then maybe an, an ad for like a one pager that you'll see on some like cool drop shipping product that's just the the gif of it um what are your, what are your thoughts on on the difference of the a bigger website versus a one pager i think that it depends on your brand equity I think that if you are a bigger brand, you can get away with having multiple pages because people are willing to invest the time in there because odds are if they see you, they already know who you are and they want something from you that they already know. If you're a smaller business, um, take it myself, for example, and somebody goes to my website, I'm not expecting anybody to click a bunch of pages. So if the ad's coming directly to my website, I need what I need the conversion piece there right away. And just, that's just because, you know, when you have a business like Nike, where they have, like you said, all these products and everything, people are going there looking for a product. They're a multi-billion dollar brand. Like they know that they're buying this thing from Nike, so they're going to click the buttons to get there because they want this thing. They're determined. Whereas like businesses that are smaller, it's like, oh, I have to click another page to get here. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm gone. Because it's mm -hmm. like they don't have any attachment to it to begin with. So why would they invest more time into it than they need to? Um, mm -hmm. So I think that, again, it just comes down to the size of your brand. And I think as your brand gets bigger, you can have those multiple page sites and all these different plugins and all that. But starting small, you need to cater to the consumer who doesn't really want to give you their time, kind of like the sales process. Um, like when you walk into somebody's store and talk to them, 90% of the time they don't really want to give you their time mm -hmm. um, right off the bat. So you have to respect that and find a way to circumvent it and use that to, to improve your business. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. What are your future plans? Do you, do you plan to build a bigger, a bigger company and have multiple employees working under you or, or do you have any five year, 10 year plans? So I would say like immediate future plans are just to, you know, keep improving, um, keep educating myself, keep educating the people I work with and trying to grow my business through that. I've been lucky that I've been able to scale on the faster side of things. Um, but with that being said, I think that there's still a lot of learning um, that needs to be done just because, you know, technology changes so much. So that's probably, you know, education is probably my most solid future plan is just like, and that's always, that's five years, 10 years, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, down the road, I'd like to keep growing my business and open the door to other opportunities. I think that um, there are other things that I'm wanting to do that I'm getting ready to kind of run with a little bit more and so just building up to that point is really been probably um my other plan but yeah five years from now i just want to you know keep keep doing it and keep learning and that's really the best way to go about it what are your thoughts on uh you mentioned education what are your thoughts on getting all of these master's degrees or certifications um i think it's cool when you see a business that has that but I also feel like a lot of the people who look at marketing companies don't know what those truly actually mean. And things are changing so quickly that I don't want to say it invalidates all these certifications, but what are, what are your thoughts on people racking up these certifications for clout versus, uh, versus not? I think that that comes down to personal preference, but my philosophy whenever I go to get a certification or whenever I go to learn about something is that it has to make sense, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think some people are like, yeah, I'm gonna go get all these things and then only use one of them or two of them. And you're like, so you spent, you know, three, four, five months learning this, all these hours, and then you're not even touching it. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of my thinking on is like, you know, by all means, like 
educating yourself was important, especially in today's landscape where everybody seems to know everything. Uh, so you kind of want to be able to get into that, but it has to make sense for me. And so when I go to learn something like right now, I'm sitting through uh, Python and C++ classes. And mm -hmm. for me, that is valuable because mm -hmm. it increases the work that I can personally do. Um, and it's something that I can translate over into other projects just for myself. So that kind of stuff is important to me, but I probably, you know, there are other things that I won't really focus on. I'm not going to go pay money to, to learn. Um, and I'm able to just, to, you know, have that distinction between the two, but I don't ever think education is a bad thing, but I think that time is a very, very, very important thing that a lot of people don't protect enough. And so, cost too, dude. right. Honestly, I saw a, a certification the other day for 11 grand. I'm like, Oh, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Also save your money. Like that's yeah. the other, that's the other thing. If like you want to go and learn about a bunch of stuff, then it's going to, you know, like it's not as expensive as going to college, but like mm -hmm. those online certifications can get expensive. So like, if you want to learn about something, make sure you stack your money and be smart about what you reinvest into, because if you're not getting anything out of it, think of how long it took you to make that money. And so if you want to like put all that away and, just say, okay, well, I'm going to invest in this and it's not going to help me, then, you know, everyone's choice, but I would just be cautious of like those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that's my thought too, is we're both entrepreneurs. Uh, there's a value of like schooling and like, I like experience and, and work world experience, but also I'm like, I, I mean, a digital, <laughs> a, a master's would be sick to have too, but I'm also like, I don't like, I don't want to, I'm not using that master's to get a higher position within a company I'm already working for. Like, yes, I guess it is. I'm, I'm bettering my knowledge, but a lot of yeah. people use masters to get a higher salary within a company they're trying to apply for, or another right. company will pay for it because they're trying to get a better position. Um, so I'll use it. A lot of people use it for career dev, but I would yeah. use it for, I guess, mind, right. education, general education. Yeah. Um, but also I'm like, I, I'm also learning a lot just from doing and, and getting these clients and, and losing clients and getting clients and prospecting and, and learning also just from looking on TikTok and social media. You know, I learn all the time just from scrolling through it. It's crazy. Yeah. I think, you know, like on the topic of like a formal master's, it depends, again, that's just one of the things It depends what your goal is. But for me, it's like, okay. I could go out and get my master's. I'm not really sure what the direct application would be after I go and get that because of what I'm trying to build, what I'm trying to do. Um, I think that a lot of companies now too, they might they see master's degrees and it's like, yeah, that's awesome. But um, you have to really, it's a big investment most of the time. Unless, and if you have someone that's gonna pay for it, like a job or something like that, absolutely go do it. Like education like that for free is A1. So definitely go do it, but if you don't, and you have to pay for it yourself, do you need to look at the, like in my opinion, the long-term game of it and say, okay, this is going to get me X or this is going to make me this much more money. I have to invest this much into it in this much time. Uh, Cause it's cool to have, and it's great to say, you know, MBA, but if you're not planning on doing something that that MBA is going to drastically improve, I would say, you know, save the time, do your studying and like pick something you really enjoy, you know, become the master at that one thing, go on YouTube, take, you know, go to different seminars, stuff like that, and really, really learn about that one thing because you're passionate about it already, and then see how you can apply that to your current life and your current role. But mm -hmm. if you're not going, you know, if, again, if the masters can't directly help you with whatever your, your goal is and you can't see a direct correlation, 
you know, there are other ways to get educated too. So mm, true, true, true. Well, it's been great to chat, Adam. I know we're going to probably see each other later. Yeah. In the entrepreneurial event um, by Jim Roberts, but let people know how they can reach you. I put your, your name and your company down below on uh, in yeah. Instagram, but uh, how, how can people reach you at LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, what, where? Yeah. So uh, LinkedIn, it's Adam Godadaro. You probably need to take a screenshot of my name or something like that. Cause it could, it's very easy to misspell. Also, uh, you it's, a car brand. Your, your last name is like, sounds like it could be like a, like a, a car name, like an Aston Martin Godadaro. I know it, <laughs> it can be applied to so many things. It's, it's a good one. Um, Instagram at four, six, two, four creative. 4624creative.com too. Um, if you ever have any marketing questions, you know, never charge for a consultation. So I'll be happy to always sit down and chat. And then, uh, yeah, e- email is adam at 4624creative.com. Thanks for uh, having me on, Jack. I appreciate it. And I uh, hope to see you later. See ya. See ya, Adam. See you, Jack. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Process Over Profit podcast. This episode is now over, so please take the time to like it, follow us, and leave a review if you enjoyed listening. Your support means the world to us and will truly help us grow. Thank you.